Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy NFL schedule release day. We are trying to put together the pieces of the puzzle. I am going through my Twitter timeline, trying to find all of the leaks and put the opponents into the weeks here for the Carolina Panthers schedule. We will tell you the leaks. We will also get ready for the official release, quote unquote, that will happen later on tonight at 8 p.m. on ESPN. But I think we're probably all going to know most of the schedule by then. It'll just be a formality. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're with you for the next three hours going into the Kyle Bailey show. You can, of course, as always, share your thoughts, share your comments on the Garage Door Guru text line 704 570 9610. I say we just go ahead and get off the bus early. I've got all of these schedule leaks. I want to make sure that I have everything in order. So let's do it. Bus driver, little country. It's been a while since I've called you that. Go ahead and open up the door. <laughs> we look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it. All right, so here are the leaks that I have right now. Feel free to write something in. I'm going to have to vet it and make sure that you guys are correct if you want to help me out with some of the leaks that have already happened. But I have a week one game, September 10th, Panthers at the Falcons, according to Zach Klein on Twitter. So week one, Panthers and Falcons. Week two, I've got a Saints matchup, and this one comes in from our very own T-Bone. One of the sources that he's got, T-Bone said, as he said this morning, he's hearing that the Panthers will host the Saints on Monday Night Football in week two. That's from our very own T-Bone hitting the ground here as a, in a journalist with the utmost integrity. We appreciate T-Bone for that. Week one, week two, we have some leaks for week four. The Panthers will host the Vikings October 1st in Carolina. Mike Wobshaw is the one that put one that, that one out there. Week eight, we have a Texans rumor floating about. Week, week 16, the Packers will come here to Bank of America Stadium on Christmas Eve, December 24th. That one comes in per Matt Schneidman. And then week 17 at Jacksonville is when the Carolina Panthers are going to be close to finishing out the season. So those are a couple of the leaks that we have right now. Anything interesting there? The two division foes, Monday Night Football to start off the first couple of weeks of the NFL season. Panthers hosting the Vikings, Texans Week 8, Packers Week 16, Christmas Eve, Jacksonville Week 17. Most intriguing thing for you, Wes? Uh, I like the Texans matchup in Week 8, not because the Texans will be some great team, but by then I think C.J. Stroud hopefully will be the starter and will have some experience as well as Bryce Young. So we'll get to see uh, two young quarterbacks around the midseason mark to see what they have learned in their duel against each other because they will forever 
be tied together. I like the week two uh, matchup against the Saints. That's going to be a fun Monday night football matchup. Remember, when you have a Monday night game, it's not always promised to deliver, right? But when you have Bryce Young early on, division foe, Carolina, New Orleans, a lot of people picking between those two franchises to win this division. So this is an important game very early on. And so if you're talking about usually what Carolina has done, if I'm not mistaken, they've played the Saints a couple of times later in the season. That's usually what you see from these two franchises. And especially this past season, we saw it in the very last game of the regular season. So you have an early matchup between those two. Bryce Young's second game of his NFL career will take place against still a pretty good defense, still a team that you're going to have to battle with to win the NFC South. So that will be interesting as well. And then hosting the Vikings week four, for me, I think Packers... December 24th, Christmas Eve. That's going to be uh, another game that is very intriguing, especially I don't know what Green Bay is going to look like. Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback. No longer is it Aaron Rodgers. I look at Green Bay, West, and I still feel, I still see the Packers and still feel like it's a tough opponent, but it's not as much anymore with Aaron Rodgers not being there sure. and instead going to Fitty's newfound team with the Jets. So that's another one, I don't right? need it. I want it. What is that from? That's Rodgers. Is that really Aaron Rodgers? It didn't sound like him. Oh, yeah. That's him talking. All right. So that's your boy. That's Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. No longer the Packers. He's also got a Monday night game. His uh, first start as a Jet. Week one, Monday night football against the Bills. Of course, you're going to be updated on Mm -hmm. all of that. Also, uh, I did want to talk about, speaking of Christmas, Christmas Eve, the NFL is going to have three games on Christmas Day. Usually that's reserved for the NBA. Is that something you're excited about, Wes? Do you like the NFL on Christmas Day? Anytime I can get football, NFL football, I'm here for it. So you don't care about it being specifically uh, reserved for the NBA? No, I will be watching football instead. Um, Okay, what about you, Fiddy? Do you care at all? So I, I think here's the thing, right? Like they experimented, they experimented with this last year, and if you go back and you look at the ratings of, it was the the Rams. The Rams played somebody on Christmas. Remember, it was a blow. They won like 54 to 17, and it was the highest rated thing on television. Like if if people are gonna watch blowout football on Christmas Day, then they're just gonna give them the incentive moving forward. Mm-hmm. They're gonna own every holiday. They've already got Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Now they've got Christmas. Dude, they're going to put a game on 4th of July, and we're still going to tune in and watch. I wonder if, too, because the NBA, we've talked about shortening the schedule a little bit when it talk, when you talk about load management, just shortening the schedule to make the games matter a little bit more, a higher percentage of what it means to get to the postseason. I wonder if the NBA could compete at all if you actually started on Christmas Day. So if it started, if the actual season started December 25th, would that be enough to skew some eyeballs and get them away from the NFL action that is happening later in the season in order to watch the debut of some of these teams? No, not at all. NFL runs the world. People make their schedules around NFL, including myself. You're right about that. If you've got good games, I Mm -hmm. don't care what's going on. I'm watching. All right, so we have some text in on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Big Cat Dan, he wrote in, I'm down in Jacksonville. Can't wait for week 17 when they are reportedly taking on the Carolina Panthers. 704 wrote this in, and I don't know if everybody else feels the same way. We've had a couple of texts like this. But 704 wrote in, since when did the schedule release become such a big thing? I'm trying not to be a hater, but it just seems kind of silly that people can't wait till this evening to see the schedule. LOL. Look, man, 
there's a market that wants to know immediately upon the games being leaked so we can all put it together. I think there is a market for that. For everything that people pick on NFL fans about for liking, whether it's the combine, Mm -hmm. uh, draft stuff, or the schedule, for every one, there's probably a hundred that will tune in and participate in these things. Yeah, I think a lot of people... Now, with the NBA schedule, the classic joke is they play everybody twice. (laughs) So when that's released, it's like, okay, we know they play everybody twice. I don't know how you break that down as much. Maybe you look for the West Coast road trips, you look for home and away stands and stuff like that. But with the NFL... You have 16, 17 games now, so I just feel like it's a little bit more easy to digest than what the NBA is, having 82 games to try to contemplate. 704 wrote in, so if y'all are correct about the Panthers, first two games this upcoming season, that tells me that the Panthers will start out the season with consecutive losses within their division. The Falcons week one and the Saints week two. Maybe one and one, but you have to have Carolina the favorite over the Falcons to start, right? I, I like the Falcons offseason moves, but is I, it home? It's I, a road game. It's gonna be a road game in Atlanta. So Ooh. you're going with Atlanta, Wes. You think uh I, I didn't say I'm going with them, but I said that's gonna be tough on the road because I think offensively Atlanta's gonna be a handful. Mm-hmm. I normally think that teams of similar ilk will split games. So yeah, I probably will go. I mean, to me, Atlanta and Carolina will split. So how, how, I will go with Atlanta at home. How much does it depend on Andy Dalton or Bryce Young starting? Does that sway the line for you at all? Not much. I think Atlanta's going to be really good on offense. They made some some pickups on defense. Ooh, as well you got to believe in Ritter. A little bit you got to believe a lot in Ritter. I do think Ritter's going to okay. be better than people think. Okay. Uh, Jack wrote in, people are just still in NFL mode in December. They haven't switched over to basketball yet. Yeah, that's another one. Bagel guy said, love what you're thinking, Walker, but NBA owners will never give up games. NFL also has New Year's Eve this year, too. And so there's just another holiday that you're talking about. So, yes, the NFL dominating all holidays. Just That's just the way it goes. Uh, TFB wrote in, there's no way Bryce Young is not the starter when our home opener is prime time. Monday Night Football. That's a good point. Can you imagine the schedule trying to account for Bryce Young, the number one overall selection, and then week two, you trot out (laughs) Andy Dalton as the starting QB. Red rifle. Yeah. Week one, it's Andy Dalton. They're going to put that call in and say, whoa. Yeah, no. Let's look. We we did this for y'all, okay? You won a primetime game in Carolina. You have something intriguing. You do not put out Andy Dalton as the starter. I'm sure they'll be hearing from the higher-ups in the NFL to say, what are y'all doing, man? Let's see Bryce Young in action, baby, not Andy Dalton. No disrespect, though. Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100%. The call will probably be made, but I think they won't have to do that because Mm -hmm. Bryce Young will be the guy. Um, Myron Goodman said, yeah, the schedule release is overhyped. I understand I'm in the minority, but just like the draft, both events are unwatchable when put up against an actual athletic event. Yeah, I'm here for all the drama, man. Can we just ask Myron Goodman a question? (laughs) You can, yeah, sure. I want an answer on May 11th, 2023. What about sports do you actually like? And Tar Heels, baby. He loves he loves. But I mean, all basketball Hills. season, he mm-hmm. complained. Football season, he complained. And ever since the offseason, he mm-hmm. complained. Uh, Jax wrote in, what a Christmas present. The Eagles smoking the Giants. And so there's a game for you. I don't have the other Christmas games in front of me right uh, now. Ravens, Niners, I think is one. Okay. And That's going to be a fun game. Yeah, Baltimore, San Francisco is going to be great. 
I'm still looking at Carolina. Yeah, if, if I'm missing any leaks that are validated, that are reported as such, let me know on the text line, 704-570-9610. But right now I have week one, two, four, eight, 16, and 17. The goal is to maybe come up with half the schedule by the show's end. That's my goal. <laughs> if it's just mine, fine. But allow me to live this fantasy from 12 to 3 to try to put together the schedule as much as we possibly can. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the NFC South. After all, Panthers are reportedly going to start the season with two games against division foes. Do the Panthers have the best roster in the division? We'll talk about that coming up next. Wes and Walker, off and rolling. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Still getting some text in the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. You'll like Burberry Gary's text, Wes. Okay. He said the Canes closing this series out is greater than sign the NFL schedule release. Let's go. How excited Let's are you? Let's talk about it. I'm super chance. excited tonight, man. The Canes are 16 and 14. For those who want a percentage, 53.3% winning percentage when they have a closeout opportunity, six and five at home, 10 and nine on the road. I do not want them to flub a closeout opportunity like they did in the last series against the Islanders, man. But I have full confidence they're going to get this thing done. When they lost and gave up eight goals, I think that got their attention very much so, and I don't think they want to take a trip back to New Jersey. You asked Seth Jarvis yesterday, which that interview is on our website, WFNZ.com. Get the podcast. You asked Seth if things get tight in this series. Sure. If it's a must-win situation, mm-hmm. then you would volunteer, because you're just a generous man, mm-hmm. you would volunteer sounding the siren again, because the last time you did it, they won. The and dub. handily, right? Yes. Did they win? In pretty- yeah, they came out cooking. They were very aggressive. Like 4-1 so, whenever Toronto, I think, is what it was. So yeah. th- this is this is like this is like the nuclear weapon we need to deploy if things call for it in Game 7. Mm-hmm. If it's a Game 7 situation, oh, they start winning a couple games here, make this thing go the distance, then I think it's time where we hold Seth accountable and say, look, a player on the roster said it's okay for Wes Bryant to be the guy that sounds the siren. And Fiddy did a great job listening a little bit more on that interview where Seth said, y'all could come out here and do it. So all three of us, maybe there'd be more power. I don't think we take power away. And I actually did make that request yesterday. Did you so, really? Yeah, I did. Behind the scenes? Yeah. And Mike said that he was going to forward that to the powers <laughs> that be. You know what I'm saying? Closed mouths do not get fed. Okay? So did when we're all up there in the next round, yeah. sounding the siren, I'm just going to look at y'all uh-huh. with that face. The like, daddy I move. I told you. I'm just going to look at y'all and be like, I told you. Yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal. 
Every single Canes person that we've had on, you've hit them with the, you know, I sounded the siren yes. and uh, they won that game. You're doggone right. And I, <laughs> I, I used to watch those games and see people doing it. And then, voila, one day I was up there doing it. How, those mouths don't get What bad. would be our strategy if all three of us were sounding the siren? Well, I think together? since I've already done it, it would have to either be you or Fiddy that would do it. Well, we'd split because. Well, one would do it and you'd be like, yeah. come on, come on, come on, come yeah, on. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that and maybe if, I don't know. Hype man that you are, maybe you could do the whole hand to the ear, I can't hear you thing, yes. raise the roof. That would be my job this yeah. time. I, mean, I would just stand on the edge of the stage and yeah. just get everybody Right, lit. because, you know, if, if me and Fiddy, the the least fit people on this show between the three <laughs> of us, it's probably, it would probably be better for us to split this thing in half. Yeah, man, y'all can get the job done, because you do, it does wear on you after about 20 seconds or so. you like, Ooh. You know, also, I've been looking a lot more at the videos that they release yeah. with anybody sounding the siren. I did not realize before you did it how they have somebody to tell you you can stop. Yes. And it's a great thing, because it's something I wouldn't have thought about. If she wasn't there then you would just keep going to prove that you're not a wimp and that you can keep sounding this thing. <laughs> but, like, I imagine it gets crazy Or you tired. would stop when you get winded. And yeah. she's like, because she said people have done that. She was like, there's been people up there that have stopped short. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure people have, have not gone the distance on sounding the Dave siren. Dave Dorn, though, he cranked that thing. I saw him the other day. Most people, I try to slide in a mm -hmm. comment and be like, it's not better than mine, but Dave Dorn was cranking well, that thing. I mean, I saw Bryce McGowan's. He was one that did it a couple of games ago. Yeah. And, and I will tell you, if we were to compare intensity from Wes Bryant and Bryce McGowan's, yeah. Wes would easily win okay. in the intensity Yeah, department. man, you got to get up there. You gotta get well, there. Bryce was a, you know, scrawny dude. Young buck out there figuring it out. I don't know how strong it was. I don't know how long he would have been able to go. But a passion has to come through. I was excited for uh -huh. it. I, I love the Canes, man. So the passion came through. For that sure. That's why I was cranking it. Jack wrote that the best siren video was Icky. He was cranking it. Icky did a good job. Yeah. I did see the Icky Aquanu video for sure. That was good. I don't know if he was saying it was better than yours, Wes, but at least. I was about to say, I'm taking numbers. I could feel that. Yeah. Could, you said, you could see it when he. You said, yeah. yeah. You remember Scarface when they sat around and watched the video of the guy? that they had to get for giving the speech yes. and everybody was just yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was the look you got. No, it was. I know. Don't shoot the messenger here. <laughs> Hurricane Mark wrote in, Fiddy is not allowed, all caps, anywhere near PNC Arena. How would you feel walking into PNC Arena? Is that something that you would do, Fiddy? This would be me if I had to go walking in that, that dump. I will be in a fetal position for a couple of days. Well, he's not coming in. That eliminates him. You will not <laughs> just, be a part of the siren. You got excited for y'all, and then you decided, no, nah, I'm just going to go in fetal position Here, and not go. Here's my proposal. Mm -hmm. Build a hockey-only arena, and then I would I would be more than glad to go to a oh, Canes yeah, I forgot. game. That's why he doesn't like it. It's yeah. Yeah, it's and, and maybe, you thought it was Canes hate. No. Yeah, and it was not hate. me hating on the Canes. It's the arena that they call home, which, by the way, I was watching a time-lapse video of how they transform NBA courts and hockey arenas like overnight or whatever did y'all know just how much bigger a hockey rink is than an nba court actually no i've seen the process before it's interesting to watch but no yeah, i guess like, that makes sense if i remember correctly and wes you can correct me if i'm wrong a hockey rink is like 200 feet long and you know an nba basketball court's only 94 feet long so you're talking almost double it, in, in length you talk about deceiving fields of play the NFL field on television looks forever long. Yeah. I mean, forever. When you actually step out onto the field, it's not nearly as long or as big as you think. Yeah. At, at least to me. Like, you think about 10 yards. I agree with you, yeah. When, when you talk about 10 yards having to pick up a first down, it feels forever long. But then you step out there, it's like, That's oh, what she said. This <laughs> is nothing. Of course. A hockey rank is a 200 by 85. 
200 by 85. That's okay. crazy. Yeah. You get 94 by 53 basketball, isn't it? Or is it 94 by 50? Um, I, I don't. You. Yeah. All right. We're just going to have a research team on that quite a bit. Also, 704, I completely 94 agree. 94 by 50. 704, I completely agree with you. It's uncomfortable how often Fitty uses Daddy. Yeah, he uses that a lot. <laughs> and Patrick said, I'm rolling to Raleigh from Charlotte right now. Go Carolina Hurricanes. Right. So we got some Canes fever here. Of course, Wes is always going to have that, especially during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, the NFC South, couple of Division foes, Carolina is going to be facing at least reportedly in week one and week two. The schedule leaks so far. It does have Carolina going to Atlanta in week one. And then in week two, Carolina is reportedly hosting the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, we came across an article discussing the best rosters in the NFC South. Fiddy's the one that found it. Fiddy gave me a stank face. Just saying we collectively, <laughs> Fiddy was so mad at me for not giving him sole responsibility. I, I saw that. I was like, wait, I'm sorry. Fiddy, it was you. You're the one that found it. But came across an article naming the Carolina Panthers as the team that has the best roster in this division. Wes, first I want your thoughts initially seeing it and then diving maybe a little bit more into it. What are your thoughts after seeing the Panthers have the best roster? Uh, initially seeing it, I did not agree. Uh, I thought they had the second best roster. And then after extensive research this morning. Oh, extensive. Yes, okay. I definitely, I went in. So I'm well-versed in these uh, teams and their and their roster at this point. But uh, I still go with the Saints number one. Now, if there's an area where the Saints are sorely lacking, uh, it's the offensive line. Their 2023 rank, according to lineups.com, is 30th uh, overall. They've yeah. got some interior offensive line issues. They were 26 in pass and run blocking per the PFF team grades last season. But then other than that, their defensive line rank, according to FN, FTNFantasy.com, they were they are ninth overall, and they talked about how they reloaded this defense. Their offensive skill rank, according to Sports Illustrated, is 11th. Uh, when you talk about Chris Olave, uh, Michael Thomas, a lot depends on Michael Thomas having a bounce-back gear, but uh, Alvin Kamara as well. Specifically, when you talk about Olave, one of the best receivers in the division, he logged more than two and a half yards per route run, so that means he gets open all the time. And then their overall defensive ranking uh, post-draft, according to Bleacher Report, uh, is ninth in all of the NFL. In 2022, they were fifth uh, in yards, ninth in points uh, allowed as well. So, you know, with Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis, and uh, you're talking about Honey Badger back there. You know, they've got a really good defense. They had a nice draft getting Bercy, Isaiah Foskey, some of those guys. So I think that's the main difference for me with the Saints is just overall their defense is better. I like Derek Carr coming in there, quarterback. They've got good skill guys. The offensive line is the one flaw for them right now, and that's a big one. So we'll see how they can counter that. I think the skill positions are still a big flaw for them. And the reason I say that, one, no doubt, Chris Olave is the real deal. It, it, he he could be the best receiver in the division in maybe a year or two, depending on what you think about with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, right? Maybe getting a little bit older. Maybe you have a lot of high hopes for Drake London. But right now, Chris Olave, I have no everybody's going to love Olave. They should. But there is zero reason to trust Michael Thomas staying on the football field. Mm -hmm. It's been bad. Yeah. Seven games in 2020, missed the entire 2021 season. And in 2022, the dude appeared in just three games. And even in those games, he's had maybe one or two really productive outings when he actually saw the field. But in the seven games that he played in 2020, he was on pace for 
what, 900 yards, not even a 1,000-yard season, I can't put any stock into Michael Thomas. Now, if he does the 17, 14, 12, 1100 thing, of course. But it's been four years now been a while. since we've seen that. Yeah. Also with Alvin Kamara, something you got to know is he's going to get hit with that yeah. suspension this year. Mm-hmm. So they're running back at least for... I don't know. A you got sin- Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, right. But, but he's no Kamara. <laughs> he's not. And Jamal Williams, as much as we've joked about him during our Detroit Lions-Panthers ranking days, Jamal Williams, a good rusher of the football, not quite involved in the passing game. And we can all agree, he's not Alvin Kamara. And with that offensive line, Detroit had a really good one. Saints, not so much as you just mentioned. So can Jamal eat the same way that he was able to in Detroit? Because Detroit did have a great offense and a very good offensive line. So I think the skill players, as much as that little dicey with Carolina, I think overall, I would rather have what Carolina has. Because even defensively, I I like some of the tight ends they have over there. Some of them are, are slipping from my memory right now. But Hayden Hurst, solid enough to where he's probably the best tight end if you were to put all of them in a room. Yeah, they got Juwan Johnson. I like Juwan. I like Juwan fine enough, but I think Hurst has given you more stability. That's one area I look at. Um, the other thing is. Now, real quick, though, he did have seven scores last yeah, year. No, no, Juwan, I think there was one where he had multiple TDs, sure. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, but, but But you're right. Um, I will ask this, too. It, it's not the roster. But just when we try to project how good these teams are going to be, mm-hmm. the coaching staff matters a lot here. And that's if you want to just talk about the biggest weakness for them, offensive line could be there if you just talk about players, but ain't no way you can have faith in Dennis right. Allen. But we're talking rosters. No, no, you're right. No, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Just if you want to project them. Yeah. If, if you're just going with the players, for sure, Dennis Allen coaching staff doesn't count. But if you're trying to project them, who could win the division when we have that kind of talk? then I think Dennis Allen comes into play where Carolina clearly has that advantage. Here's my question. How much did you look into the other teams? Like, Everybody. Did, did, did you look at Tampa? Oh, yeah. well, I'm, I did it all. Because, <laughs> well. He did say it was extensive research. I mean, no, he put his glasses on. He did. I did. The, the question being more so, I did not mean to question the extensive research. I apologize. The real question is, was there any thought into thinking, hey, maybe Atlanta or Tampa Bay sneaks up on you? The reason I ask is because if you look at Tampa, clearly their quarterback is suffering a big old downgrade. Offensive line, too. They've had some guys leave within the yeah. last couple of years. But they still have quite a bit of productive skill weapon or skill positions that you're looking at. Defensively, we love what they did in the first round getting Cansey to put alongside Vita Vea. That's an awesome. It def- is. And they fit extremely well together. So I love what you have on the inside of that defensive line. Secondary, I, I'm trying to. I, I love Antoine Winfield, very good safety uh, on the outside. And, can't, and, they're, and they're going to a three four front too, so Cansey's actually going to be that three four defense. Oh yeah, that's right. Form. I completely yeah. forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, no, you good. So so now, I, and I I do think either way, I think you can still fit with that kind of with sure. that kind of skill. Um, Tampa's got a, a good enough roster, I think, to not make it easy. It's just the quarterback. They've got Baker Mayfield starting, and we already. <laughs> We know how that went with Carolina. Well, yeah, and not only that, but they talked about that uh, their offensive line, according to lineups.com, was 31st uh, coming into this season. They talked about how, uh, you know, they were disappointing in 2022. They were bottom five in adjusted line yards and run block win rate yeah. uh, as well. And they talked about how they only allowed 22 sacks, but that was because Tom Brady had the quickest time to throw uh, as far as his release there, but they were 25th in pass block win rate. So that offensive line is yeah. pretty bad. The, the skill talent ranking gets a big downgrade because of Baker Mayfield. As you talked about the quarterback position, Killing, we know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, 
is there. And then Rashad White is a is a promising back. They got Russell Gage and some of those guys. But their defensive line ranking is in a lot of flux. We'll see what Kalaja Kansi gives them and Vita Vea. And then their overall defensive rankings last year, they were ninth and 13th in yardage and, and points allowed. Uh, they lost some guys over on that side as well. So there's a lot of uncertainty on that defense. Speaking of Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Did y'all hear the comments that Bruce Arian said about Baker? Uh, I think so. Where he said that he, oh, he yeah, would I have did. graded yeah. him out better than any quarterback that came out in the draft. Look, it's easy <laughs> to clown Bruce Arians for that, and I am here for all uh, he the clowning go on number that one. comment. Clown show. I am, but this he is not alone in thinking that way. And I know that because we heard the same thing from the Carolina regime when they traded for Sam Darnold. When people, when it was Justin Fields coming out hey, of that, bro. when it was all the quarterbacks that were in that NFL draft, they were saying, well, we just view Sam Darnold as a better QB prospect, given what he's accomplished already, his overall skill set. I I don't know how that that is, you can compare. And, and especially with Bruce Arian still doing it now. Yeah, it makes no <laughs> sense. And it feels like they have to say that kind of thing. Uh, you know, and then we can even talk about, and speaking of comments, let's go to your uh, San Francisco 49ers. Who was it that talked about Sam Darnold, Wes? I got oh, that sound. Yeah, it was the writer, man. Oh, yeah, let's hear that. Yeah, all right. So Do we, so, we want to hear it? We do. Yeah, okay. I was just going to set it up for the people. We do want to hear the sound. I was just going to set it up that we had a writer talk about, uh, it was Matt Mayoko. Yeah. He said this last week on Friday about how basically where Sam Darnold ranks as far as the talent level goes with some of the other QBs they've had in San Fran. Sam Darnold might be the most, can I say this, the most talented <laughs> thrower of the football that the 49ers have ever had. Come on. Hey. Is it, uh, no, bro. If, if you talk just. Jim Druckenmiller. Come down. on, man. So. <laughs> Can you play the first part of that one more time? I just want everybody to, to hear just how scared he is to come in with this take. Like he is dipping his toe in the water before <laughs> the sharks eat it off. Here is the beginning of that soundbite again. Tim Darnold might be the most. He's so reluctant. He does not want to say it, but he believes it to some degree. He's like, man, am I crazy? Yeah. Sam Darnold has the tools. He's got the tools. I, it hasn't worked out for him anywhere as much as Sam Darnold was even okay. Yeah. When he came in at the end, I, he played better than I thought clearly was the best quarterback on the roster last year. We had the incredible game from Tampa against Tampa from PJ Walker, but Sam Darnold consistently was the only guy that you could even remotely trust fair. That is not exactly a glowing review of how talented. he Yeah. Is. I mean, the thing is when I first heard it, Obviously, I thought it sounded crazy, but then I'm like, okay, just from a pure talent standpoint, he was a top five pick out of the 49ers' quarterbacks that they've drafted. I think he's probably the highest drafted guy that they've had uh, because I know Montana was a a mid-round pick. The same as, as Lance. It'd be the same. Yes, yes Lance yes, was yes, three. Yes, Donald yes, was three. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you talk about that and the Montanas and the Youngs and some of those guys that they've had. But as far as just, I guess, talent, I mean, I guess – it wasn't the wildest thing I've ever heard, but I just I didn't agree with it. But I do if he continues to play like he's played with the low turnovers and stuff, I do like him a lot as the 49ers backup. And uh, 
you know, as far as just trusting him. And I think that may be one of the reasons why they're looking to trade uh, Trey Lance because I think they feel good about Brock Purdy, obviously. And then I think with Sam Darnold as the backup, they feel like now maybe they can let him. All right, we're getting some text in regarding both of those comments. We still have a lot of points I want to get to regarding the NFC South, some of the roster breakdown, Jonathan Mingo. So we'll get to some of that as well as the show goes on. But we need to play the first Fitty Flash of the day. Go ahead, Fitty, what you got? It's all right to be a little fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty. All right, guys, going to focus on some baseball in the first flash of the day. Last night, the Knights, they took down the Durham Bulls. They won 7-1. to They'll be back in action tonight at 7-0-4. Philip Morris, the famous lawyer from Seinfeld, will be throwing out the first pitch as a part of the night's um, show about nothing night out there at Truist. So get out there and, and catch that. He was on with Mac and Bone this morning. He was absolutely fantastic. Just like he was in, uh, when he was acting in Seinfeld. Around Major League Baseball, the Braves, they fell at home to the Red Sox 5-2. to two. Meanwhile, my Mets, they got off the schneid. A 2-1 win over the Reds. Next flash, you got to get to me about a minute earlier. I've got a soundbite about our Tampa Bay Rays that we have to address. <laughs> okay, yes, we are the show, official show of the Tampa Bay Rays because we talk about them maybe once a week, and that is enough for us to be the official show of the Tampa Bay Rays. Coming up next, we tried it out yesterday. I think it was a hit, so we're going to continue on. Undrafted, my name is. We focus on different undrafted free agents, a part of the Carolina Panthers organization. Stay tuned to find out who Wes will be showcasing on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Got my name is coming up in just a moment. Did want to read some text real quickly, though. Big Cat Dan said, uh, Wes's siren crank was great, but he still thinks Luke Keekley owns the crown as having the best siren sound of all time. <laughs> saw my face start to change. I, as I, I did. As I did. Said that. I will say Luke Keekley was pretty good. I We talked about this. We talked about it before you even did it. I'm just, you know, okay. We should I, have a crank call. <laughs> we should. Uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, AJ wrote in, Darnold is better than Justin Fields, by the way. Whoa. All right. 803 said, Bruce Arians is not wrong. Unproven rookie quarterbacks. I mean, maybe he's the best on Tampa, but I'm going to draft Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, 
and take my chances all day long instead of have Baker Mayfield again. There's one other text I wanted to get to just real quickly. Oh, it's Bradley Blanks. He said, let me get what that guy is smoking. The great part about that one is I don't know when he sent it, so I don't know who's smoking what. I don't know if he's talking about Bruce Arians' comment. I don't know if he's talking about that with Matt Mayoka, whoever said that about Sam Darnold. I don't know if it's you for liking the Saints roster. A lot of people could be smoking <laughs> some stuff. So who knows from Bradley Blanks, but we appreciate all the texts coming in. Yeah. All right, undrafted, my name is. Here are a couple of the prospects that we have showcased today on Wesson Walker. They are the long shots. They are the underdogs. They are undrafted. Senior out of Houston. Mark Milton wasn't having it. You can miss me with that. <laughs> what a great call. Anyways, all right, Mark Milton, the guy up for you today. Wes, what do you like about him? Well, you heard the announcer. H-Town down, straight out of Houston, Texas, comes Mark Milton, the cornerback out of Baylor. 6'1", 186 pounds. Ran a report at 4'4", 40-yard dash at his pro day, but he's explosive as well. 35-inch vertical on this kid as well. Got a little bit of strength, too. 12 bench reps. That's pretty good for a corner weighing 186 pounds. But his 4.40 20-yard shuttle would have been top eight at the NFL Combine. Uh, he's also a kid that's got some brains in there. Big 12 commissioners on a roll in the spring of 2022. He was honorable mention, all Big 12, first team academic, all Big 12. But he's got some speed, too, as I talked about earlier. 2019, all Big 12 outdoors in the 4 by 100 meter relay. But what does he do on the football field, Wes? Well, in 2022, he made 46 tackles, had a half tackle for loss, an interception, a quarterback hurry, and three pass breakups. And then in 2021, he played in all 14 games with two starts, finished 12th on the team with 26 tackles to go along with two pass breakups and a fumble recovery. So we talked about yesterday, Rajon Wright, who we'll get to soon now with Mark Milton. There's a little bit of a theme with these undrafted free agents. They are tall, long, kind of rangy corners. So Mark Milton coming in, Panthers cornerbacks outside of J.C. Horn can be a little bit suspect. And uh, this is a kid that's got the size, the speed. So we'll see if he's got the game to make this roster. All right. So some cornerback help there. That's certainly a position that Carolina is going to be looking at. So Mark Milton could be a guy along with Rajon Wright, as you mentioned. I give him a 10 percent chance oh, to make the roster. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tight for a lot of these guys. So, yeah, I, maybe some of you out there can keep up with all the percentages and see if it exceeds 100 percent or not, because I know <laughs> I'm going way over on all these. Oh, yeah, he's probably got a 50 50 shot. 100 percent. Uh, I'm going to go with the South Carolina wide receiver, Josh Van. OK, undrafted out of Columbia, and it was not expected that he would be undrafted after his 2021 season, Wes. So after 2021, this guy came in producing about 680 yards for South Carolina, an average yard per reception of 16, five touchdowns, and also had a few rushing attempts, about five rushing attempts in 2021, uh, getting 63 yards on those attempts as well. So I don't know if you would describe him as extremely dynamic with the crazy athleticism but he does have that wiggle Josh Van does have the ability even separation's not great there are some different parts of his game where Tony Pauline uh, describes him as a big play receiver he's smooth he's fluid 
but maybe he doesn't have a lot of that separation. He did suffer a leg injury late in the year against Clemson. Maybe that allowed him to uh, fall to the point where he was not drafted. Overall, this guy, I think, I don't know, you could have maybe drafted him as a fifth round guy, sixth round after 2021. So he does fall, does, you know, have explosive tendencies that could possibly be a big play threat for Carolina. So there is some upside here with Van being a part of the roster. 680 in 2021. The problem is 12 games in 2022, only 18 receptions, a little under 300 yards, only three touchdowns. So very underwhelming past season for Josh Van. And this is even too with Spencer Rattler turning it on a little bit later into the season as well. You know, honestly, I, I, I'm intrigued. I don't give him a whole lot of percent chance. And this is because Mingo was drafted. You also have Shai Smith, who we're kind of talking about as a possible cut. You just signed Amir Bird, somebody that was here with Carolina that already. Loaded. Yeah, the receiver room, it's, it's going to be tough for him to make a roster, but I am going to be interested to see what he can do in the preseason, Wes. So Josh Van, that's the guy that we can showcase today in both of those examples of some undrafted free agents. Did you have any thoughts on Josh Van at all? Watch him all that much, despite him being in the SEC, because uh, this is somebody at least local enough. And as Carolina has been one to do before, they went after Cam Peoples, Josh Van. They went after Reed and NCANT offensive tackle out of all of the local guys. No, you haven't looked at Reed all that much right now. Is it Cam Peoples? That's the most intriguing of all the local guys that they brought in undrafted. Oh, uh, so far, yeah. I mean, when you look at, when you check out Josh Van, I'm actually looking at him as we speak. And uh, he's got good speed. This is a guy, he's got pretty good size as well. He looks a little stiff, though, when he runs. But he brings some extra value, too, because he has a nice punt return for a touchdown as a part of his highlight reel. So he could possibly bring some value there if he comes in and wilds. But just as far as the hips, when you check him out and run, not a lot of wiggle you're mm-hmm. getting with him as well. But uh, this is a guy that, he competes, and he's made some big plays at South Carolina. As we said, though, I, I think receiver and quarterback have to probably be the two hardest positions to make a roster as an undrafted free agent. Man, there's so many receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree, especially with the position that Carolina's in right now with, yeah. with what they've invested in so far. But we'll see. All those guys, they do have at least some kind of chance and we see uh, unexpected things happen all the time. That'll do it for Undrafted. My name is Mark Milton, Josh Van. The features today, who knows who it'll be tomorrow. We will let you know soon enough. Vashti Hurt of Carolina Blitz. Been a while since she's appeared with us on Wesson Walker in the middays, but she will be joining us on the other side of the break. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.